for those who know every line, and for those finding Star Wars for the very first time, welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Anna. And today we are in Rebels Season 2, Episodes 11 and 12, Legacy and A Princess on Lothal. Sam, where would you say you rank these episodes on the cryometer? Oh, uh, this is a 7 and 4 for me out of wow. 10. Pretty high, actually. What What are some comparative episodes? What Has anything else gotten a 7 for you? Oh, yeah. Some of the Clone Wars stuff. Um, and 7 is about where I was in Wings of the Master okay. as far as, like, thrilling, uplifting. And that's definitely what's going on in Legacy. Yeah. I would say I was an 8 during Wings of the Master, and I was about... 9.9 on Legacy. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what happened and maybe it will become clear why we cry. So this one begins and Ezra is dreaming and he has a vision about a white cat, a loth cat, and his parents. And he wakes up and Kanan and Hera, the, his new parents, are sitting there trying to come up with a place for a new base and he says, we have to go to Lothal. We have to track something down. So they have some information that they got as far as a recent prison escape from Imperial prisoners. So to back up to season one of Rebels, Sibo, the you know Rodian. family friend, yeah. the Rodian family friend of the Bridgers, revealed that they are not dead. They have been taken into Imperial prison in the meantime, Ezra didn't want to know about that, but Hera and Kanan have been trying to track down one of the thousands of Imperial prisons where the Bridgers could be in jail. So apparently there's been a bunch of rebel prison escapes, including the one in Andor. And so to go through all of these and all the names and faces have been redacted. So they use the force and Ezra shuffles through these things until his vision coalesces at prisoner X-10. And that's the one they're going to track down on Lothal. So as they're on their way out, they need to pick up Zeb and Chopper, who are on a shopping expedition. However, Callus and Constantine and Seventh Sister and Fifth Brother are all sniping at each other, saying, you know what, maybe we should work together and we'll catch those rascally rebels. So remember last episode, Ezra foolishly narrated to Seventh Sister's probe droids that the rebels are based on Garel. So the Inquisitors have been doing their homework. Now they're prepared to strike on the rebels again. So the entire... Sector fleet shows up over Garel. Constantine is in orbit. The Inquisitors land, as does Callus. And so Callus is pretty handily defeated by Ezra and the gang as they're caught in a crossfire. Then the Inquisitors show up. Ezra goes aggro on them and is ready to take them on. Kanan shoots the door closed. He's like, we are in a hurry and I don't have time <laughs> to fight these guys. My Padawan, you are a Padawan. So they... Get in the ghost. They start escaping. Chopper and Ezra and Kanan board the Phantom and take off separately. 
Sato and Rex in their blockade runner are caught by a tractor beam and Hera has to swing around and sideswipe the tra- tractor projector right off the bottom of this thing. Just shoulder checks it into oblivion. It is incredible. 10 out of 10. <laughs> she reaches out of a speeding car at 60 miles an hour and slaps someone into submission. <laughs> Ezra and Kanan escape and make their way to Lethal. There, they are at the Bridger residence, see that it's been completely burnt out. However, there is a white Lothcat, and Ezra follows it, and then it speeds off on a speeder bike, and Kane's like, how are we going to catch it now? And Ezra's like, I got this. Like, how do you have this? Oh, I put a tracker on it. Of course you did. <laughs> they follow it to a compound outside of town where a masked and hatted figure starts shooting at them. Ezra bravely stands up tells them who he is, and it's revealed that this is Ryder Azadi, former governor of Lothal, friend of the Bridger family, who escaped, and we learn that the Bridgers heard Ezra's message at the end of season one, and that provoked an uprising in the prison that they were in. Ryder Azadi escaped because of that. Not that it provoked a prison break, inspired. but that it inspired Ezra's parents. Hearing him inspired them to create a prison break. And mm. then they nobly waited for everyone else to get out and were captured and killed. They were killed probably yesterday. Yeah, probably just within the last week. And this obviously wrecks Ezra. And he's sitting there looking out over the, you know, space Kansas of Lethal. And he's watching the moons set when it turns to daylight. He's looking out over a beautiful shining city on the hill and two figures come and stand next to him. And it's his mom and his dad. And here's where, here's yep, where the tears yep, come in. Hard saying, me you can too. hear it in my voice. Me too. They say, remember, Ezra, without hope, we have nothing. Well, they also say, you've made us so proud and you need to stay strong. And then the moment collapses as it goes back tonight and Kanan says, the moons have set. And Ezra says, I felt them like they were right here. And Kanan says, in the force, we are taught that nothing ever dies. They just move onto a different phase. Your parents are with you now. They'll be with you forever. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I have to suck these tears back into my face or else I'm not going to be able to tell you about how great the next episode was. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're back. We're we're adults. We're going to be adults about this kid's show. What happens in the next episode? A princess on Lethal. A princess on Lethal. I have to say for the first time in my life – I correctly guessed something in the end credits of last episode. You did. Savage Opress showed up. (laughs) (laughs) There is a princess on Lothal. It is Leia Organa. Mm -hmm. I was correct. Sam did a masterful job of not letting on to that fact, as he always does. I learned from Leia. (laughs) Bail Organa, the foster dad of the aforementioned Leia Organa heard about the rebels' losses on Gorel and is like, don't worry about your ships that you lost. I will send you some more and I will send them with my beautiful, powerful 
exceptionally intelligent, incredible rebel leader daughter, mm-hmm. Leia. She's going to send it with some humanitarian aid to give her a cover story. Ezra and Kanan, you know, leave their little base with Ryder Azadi and head over to some spaceport in the middle of Lothal yeah. to rendezvous, intercept the ships. And Leia walks down the gangplank in the middle of a field of Imperials and they're disguised as stormtroopers. And she's like, okay, where's your team? Are you ready to steal my ships? Uh-huh. Because that's her plan. She doesn't want the Empire to suspect Alderaan of giving the ships to the rebels. So they have to pretend to steal them. But there is a problem. One of the Imperials has a modicum of competency. <laughs> So he puts all of the ships under gravity locks and drops off a whole armory to guard them. Because it turns out the Alderons have been having a lot of ships, quote unquote, stolen by the rebels. Mm-hmm. Heavy, heavy quotes there. <laughs> so Leia orders Kanan and Ezra to come load up her humanitarian supplies and take her to distribute them while they try to figure out a new plan. Importantly, they... She does this by bullying the lieutenant into giving her his ship. She is very good at bullying. She's like, I am 16. I have some power. I know how to talk to people. I'm going to bully you. As they're flying over Lothal, they see a whole platoon of stormtroopers down on the ground hassling Governor Azadi. They are ready to throw him back in prison, which is specifically what he asked not to have done to him. (laughs) I specifically asked (laughs) So Kanan lands, and then Hera and the ghost arrive, and there is a spectacular firefight. Azadi pretends to take Leia hostage and runs her up onto the ghost, and Kanan, like, gets in the way of all of the other stormtroopers so no one can shoot her, and he's like, she is my responsibility, I'll get her back. And then he runs up to the gangplank of the ghost, and Zeb one, two, slams him to the ground. <laughs> Same thing with Ezra, takes them prisoner. So he said to make it look good. <laughs> and they're like, did you have to hit us quite so hard, Zeb? Oh, whatever, you were wearing armor. <laughs> On board, it is looking really bad for getting Leia's ships out. So they escaped with Leia, but her ships are still locked down they've to the got ground. each one's got a boot like a turbo space boot and also there's two ATATs parked behind them just camped out with heavy turbo lasers but together they're able to come up with a plan so they land they drop leia off leia marches up to the imperial agent who's overseeing her ships and she's like your brave stormtroopers saved me they deserve medals and they use that as a distraction while azadi and chopper and sabine are all working to deconstruct the gravity locks it turns out azadi in prison was building them and knows exactly how to take them apart Mm -hmm. it is very narkina 5 So they get the first one free, Sabine hops in, she pilots it away, and Hera and Zeb show up in the ghost's air support, and they take out one of the walkers. Kanan fires up his lightsaber and runs toward the second one and slices its legs off, and it topples to the ground, and Ezra is force-pulling people's guns out of their hands, and only one of them clocks him in the face. He's trying to show off for Leia, because they're like... 
two days apart in age. So he's like, you're cute. (laughs) You think that's impressive? Watch this. (laughs) Donks himself in the head. Leia grabs the gun, takes out all the rest of the stormtroopers. Kanan gets in the second ship, hops in, lifts it free. Azadi hops into the final ship, lifts off, guns the engines right to blast hot air towards the final walker. It topples over. They are all home free. And then as Ezra and Leia run over to that final ship, she's like, okay, last stop. You got to make it look good. She hands Ezra a blaster and says, you have my permission. He stuns her. She topples to the ground. The rebels take off in their new ships, and Leia wakes up just in time to turn to the head Imperial and be like, Lieutenant, my ships, you've lost them. Mm-hmm. Refund me for all of them and give me yours. Which, importantly, is a smoking pile of wreckage outside Azadi's compound. Because, yeah, Chopper actually stole his ship. And so he's in big doo-doo. Very good. And the episode ends on Governor Azadi saying, I was ready to retire, but it turns out this thing is getting a lot bigger than I thought it would. I'm going to rejoin the fight. Yeah. So we've got a lot more allies and we've refilled the Phoenix cell with three new cruisers. Yeah, they don't have a base, but they got a lot more air support. Yeah, yeah. So uh, positive developments all around. Once again, embarrassed Callus and Constantine and the Inquisitors. So. And just random imps, which I love. Oh, yeah. So the random imp in... A Princess on Lothal is Lieutenant List, and he gets a name. I think we know him from a previous episode. I think he got promoted or something, but he's a uh, he's real he's a real butt monkey. He really gets yeah. the he really gets the the end of the stick. Maybe we should have a butt monkey award for like <laughs> the most embarrassed Imperial. <laughs> it is Lieutenant List. What would you like to talk about? Well, let's start with Legacy because it's a really important episode in the development of Ezra. So we've seen before uh, in the SIBO arc, actually, of him having these really powerful visions leading him along and trying to figure out what to do and following those visions. And it seems like he's not as pulled along by visions this time. He's still very enthusiastic. And also, if he hadn't, you know, if Kanan hadn't shot that door closed, he would have died to those Inquisitors. Yeah. There's an interesting thing happening in this episode where Ezra is growing in the Force and developing some very powerful Jedi skills, like connecting to people and having Force visions and being able to track things down. But he's also not managing his emotions in the way that we've normally seen Padawans and full-fledged Jedi have to do under the Jedi Order. So there's this weird dissonance where he's getting more and more powerful and he's being very overtaken by his emotions. Yeah, it's a very dangerous spot for him because as a normal Padawan, and there's conversation back and forth between Ezra and Kanan about this because Ezra says, how could you act? know what it's like to lose your parents? And Kanan says, I don't. I don't know what it was like. I was taken from my parents when I was a, you know, a toddler. I never knew them. Yeah, and so I don't know how this is, but I do know you're going through a tough time and I am here to support you. And I think that's really 
validating, but also think of all the Jedi who for thousands of years have been picked up as toddlers and they learn emotional equanimity at such a young age, Mm -hmm. whereas Ezra is an urchin. Yeah. And so he does not feel... He doesn't. He doesn't know how to control his emotions in a meaningful way. He's he's got traumatized street urchin emotions as opposed to very carefully cultivated Jedi youngling Padawan emotions. Yeah, and by the episode, he tragically is more in line with the OG Padawans of old because he's now lost his parents. Right. Yeah. But when Kanan teaches Ezra about the Force, he's not teaching him. Jedi trainings of equanimity. He's teaching him how to use the force. Like, here's how you look through a massive spreadsheet and find the information you want using the force, which like Kanan, teach me your ways. I would also like to know that. (laughs) Yeah. Ezra is learning accuracy and military acumen and force and, and the tools of the force, but he's not learning Jedi equanimity. And that was pretty clear in this episode as he's, you know, kicking crates and throwing his stuff around his bedroom and Mm -hmm. yelling at people and racing towards the Inquisitors to try to lop their heads off. Yeah. So there is a real contrast there. There is. And I think it's important to note that at the end of Legacy and at the beginning of A Princess on Lothal, he is still – it's it's a – it's basically a double header because the party is still split. And we have this concept of Ezra's taking the news of his parents pretty hard. And in fact, in A Princess on Lothal, Leia has good conversations with him about the burdens of being so young and having so many responsibilities. So he is learning. And I think it takes both of these episodes for him to reach a level of detachment Mm-hmm. from this thing which was sort of pulling him along it hasn't felt like going after his parents has been a major defining quest for him for some time but that is because Hera and Kanan kept that knowledge from him he assumed that they were dead this whole time yeah well he didn't want to know he said Sibo don't tell me what's happening with my parents oh that's interesting yeah so he was choosing to you know live in the schrodinger's box of not knowing where it's very beautiful that Hera and Kanan were able to follow up on all of these leads without him knowing, but he did choose not to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's nice that Hera and Kanan kept that information, especially for this. It's really hard for me to see Ezra's parents' death as anything but a tragedy. Like, like he caused it Oedipus style. It's, yeah. a, it's a Greek tragedy in that he thought they were dead, but he had this glorious example of these treasonous, you know, outspoken broadcasters to follow. And he thought to himself, I'm going to do what my parents would want me to do in the end of season one of Rebels. I'm going to hack into this transmission tower and send out a message to the whole galaxy He does, they hear it, and it inspires them to start a prison break out of admiration for him, basically. And then they die. Mm -hmm. It is hard for me to not see that as Ezra literally causing his parents' death. 
Well, also, they ca- they're causing their own deaths because they recognized his message because of what he was saying, which is what they taught him. Yeah. So in another way, it's like this is – Ryder is a parallel for – he's like the payload that his parents took as well, right? Like he survived something that they didn't. But it shows that the Bridgers as a whole have inspired so many people. And perhaps that um, – what are his names? Ephraim and Mira were not – like maybe they had the fight taken out of them because they were never fighters. Yeah, really? they were broadcasters. They were broadcasters. They, they had an underground news radio channel that they used to call out what the Empire was doing that was so awful. And so perhaps – they recognized in the moment of their death that that time had passed and they had passed that along to Cassian Andor and to Ezra Bridger. Man, the mirror between Cassian and Ezra is kind of uncanny. Yeah, for sure. They both accomplished something incredible for the rebellion at basically the same time in a similar location, and it sparked their parents to die for the rebellion. Yeah, which is their parents were inspired by them. Their their parents were inspired by them to look at their kids and say, I taught my kids well, and now that I have reached a different phase of my life, I can do something meaningful with it. And so... The Bridgers rescuing all the people they could from inside the prison because they knew that their life's work was being carried on by Ezra. And maybe Mm. that inspired them, that galvanized them into action that they wouldn't normally take. And then they can let out Ryder Azadi, who's like an old man, but he knows his way around. He knows he knows stuff. He's bulky too. He's, He's a, a big dude. Beefy old man. He's very much in the Wolf Gregor Rex line of beefy old men. Yeah. And so the fighters got free. Yeah. And it, is, it is time for a war. And so getting the fighters free is the important part. Maybe they were biding their time because they didn't feel like their life's work was accomplished. And then mm. they heard their son carrying on their legacy and they were like okay we did what we needed to do the message has been passed on the fight lives on in future generations it doesn't matter what happens to us now yeah oh well more than it doesn't matter it's we can now instead of be the ones who are broadcasting we can be broadcast to and we can be inspired by this message because mm-hmm. we know that the message we have made it out Hmm. I see parallels with Melshi in Andor because Melshi, when Melshi and Cassian split, Melshi's like, someone's got to tell the empire, someone's got to tell everyone about what's going on in Arkina 5. And Cassian's like, I just got to go kill some people. Like, <laughs> I, you have no idea how many people I got to go kill. But like, I know a guy and I'm going to go join up with him because he's pulling off heists. He is making things happen. I am action Cassian. And Melshi's like, I need to broadcast to people what's going on. Oh. And Cassian says, that is a noble mission. Uh, go check out the Bridgers. You know, I heard about them on Narkina 5 or something. But that's a different path. Yeah. The, since we're talking about Andor, 
the the death of the Bridgers highlights something that I didn't realize I really appreciated about Cassian Andor in Andor, which is that during the prison break, the Bridgers work to make sure that everyone gets out ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But Cassian, when he breaks out of Narkina 5, is one of like the first 15 people off that tower. I mean, he is pragmatism over principles any day. And yeah. I love that. Well, Me too. <laughs> you know, you can't... Uh... <laughs> you can't hang around to be noble if you yeah. want to keep fighting. Yeah, yeah. You know, the you got to survive to get paid. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta survive to the end of the day. And Cassian's like, that's the main thing. If I can be a survivor, then I can also figure something else out. Oh, my gosh. I'm now thinking again about Kinoloy, just standing on that freaking deck, looking down at the ocean below. I mean, maybe that's what happened. I don't think there's anywhere to swim on Lothal. It's a space Kansas. So maybe Kinoloy and the Bridgers are sitting there at the, the bottom of that uh, inland sea, just twiddling their thumbs and talking about the cool rebels they used to know when they were alive. Yeah, that's what they're doing for sure. Oh, Sam. Just swimming in a lake upstate. Yeah. <laughs> Before we... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm laughing. That was really funny. I'm also crying. That was really sad. <laughs> Before we move on from Ezra, I want to talk about this long lineage of force visions that we've seen in the Star Wars canon so far. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about what Ezra's mean. Ezra's visions seem to be very directed and specific compared to a lot of the other force visions that we've seen. So what have we seen? We've seen Anakin tormented by future force visions of his mom dying. Mm -hmm. We've seen Yoda tormented by force visions of the galaxy getting ripped apart by the dark side of the force. Yeah. I feel like Ahsoka had force visions of Padme almost getting killed during the peace brokering on the separatist planet was that it i don't remember exactly which arc that was it had uh aura singh assassinating a robo padme yes yes yeah so soka had those they were very blurry yeah so it seems like it's definitely not a good way to pull information and yoda who's like you know the grandmaster of the force is like yeah visions are iffy But Ezra seem very clear and very actionable. And the main thing for him is that the the loath cat in his vision is actually a real loath cat on Lothal, Mm -hmm. which leads him exactly where he needs to go. So my question is, what does the loath cat symbolize? And did he manifest it out of nothing? That is a wonderful question that I urge you to put a pin in. Oh, no. Yeah. Until the end of season four. Really? Yeah. The manifesting part or the loath cat symbolism part? The symbolism part. Okay. Can I tell you my guess? Sure. My feeling is that, so we've seen Ezra lauded for his ability to connect with people and creatures and nature And we've also seen that he is very much a product of Lothal. Mm -hmm. Lothal is Ezra and Ezra is Lothal. Yeah. Loth cats are named after Lothal. Yeah. 
So my thought was that it was a manifestation. My thought is that it symbolized the connection that Ezra has to Lothal, but I don't know why the Lothcat took him to where he needed to go. If he is, if Ezra is deeply connected to the force on Lothal because he is a powerful Jedi who has lived throughout Lothal and who has like a a harmony and a love with it, Mm -hmm. then the will of the force manifests through all sorts of things. Mm, Okay. And so a mischievous cat just going one way or the other might be a signal to him in the synchronicity of, you know, spiritual experiences. So the force has many conduits and it chose to use the loath cat. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I chose to use a conduit that Ezra would be very, very good at connecting with. Yeah, although remember that the Lothcat was the first thing he had a hard time connecting with. He had a, always oh. had a hard time connecting with Lothcats. Okay. He had an easier time connecting with the Schmonsters on the asteroid base. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I will put a pin in this as much as I desperately don't want to, but I liked it a lot as a plot thread. I like that Ezra's power is to connect with people and places and things. You know how we talk about Mace Windu's power is the shatter point? Yeah. He can pinpoint the one place he needs to stick his lightsaber to make everything explode. Yeah. And Anakin's is being an incredible pilot. And Ahsoka's is... What is Ahsoka's? She's a remarkable combatant. Uh, Ahsoka is actually resoundingly good at fighting. She is... At this point, because it's like three BBY right now, um, top three, top two lightsaber wielder in the galaxy. Yeah. She is outrageously good. So those are very militant force skills. Yes. And I really like that Ezra's is being charming, like being magnetic. It's that and it's a little bit of Quinlan Voss of like connecting with things. Being part of Lothal, I think, is important. It feels more like Ezra connects with the people around him and brings them together. Yeah. But his force power is also that he's lovable. Yeah. That's so nice. That's great. <laughs> I lo- I want that. <laughs> well, speaking of characters we love, let's talk about A Princess on Lothal. Oh, okay. So in Princess on Lothal, we immediately show off... Princess Leia, who is two days younger than Ezra. Do we know that canon? Yeah. Wow. Because Ezra was born on the OG Empire Day and within days. Because Padme, very pregnant, was at the original Empire Day. And she says, this is how Liberty dies, to thunderous applause. You are right. And then gives birth within Within a week. Wow. Okay, so they're both 16. Yes. Princess Leia is very much in the action Padme tradition. She's got the stretchy pants. <laughs> she's got a senate position. She's got sass. She's got a blaster. If anything, she's learned from Bale. Bale's like, look, your mom, your birth mom, 
spent so much time at the gun range with the Krav Maga gym. I want to teach you how to lie. And she is so good at bluffing and bluster. She just gaslight gatekeep girl bosses her way through this entire thing. And she lands and Ezra's like, why are you giving us orders? She doesn't get to give orders. How come I never get to give orders? And, and Kanan's like, do you even listen to the words coming out of your mouth? But Kanan also is like, hey, this plan didn't work out. We can move on. And she's like, I'm sorry. It was my plan. And he's like, oh, shoot. Sorry. But the thing is that the plan yeah. actually did work out. It did. It just took a little extra effort. But yeah. But the plan was sound. Mm-hmm. The plan was beautifully thought through, very clever, unexpected. And then there there was one hiccup in the middle and then they ended up stealing her ships and making it look like they blasted her and took her hostage. And no blame will fall on Alderaan on this day. Yeah, because if anything, she's like, actually, the lieutenant did a decent job of trying to protect the ships. The rebels are just really good. And it's the, the lieutenant who's trying to cover up how good the rebels are. Well, and she got reimbursed. Yeah. I mean, they can now buy. She got buy... paid three times. She got paid three times. Hondo Onaka could never. Yeah. Yeah. She's an icon. So she did she did so good in this. And it's a really fun character to have because she's actually like well balanced, well adjusted as far as these people go. She's struggling when her plan falls apart and Kanan tells Ezra, hey, go easy on her. It's tough to bear that much responsibility. But the flip side's also true. And there's a really poignant moment. As they all board the ghost and Kanan and Ezra take off their helmets and the whole ghost crew gets together and they're all resting their hands on Ezra Mm. saying, I'm sorry about your parents. I know this is tough. And we, in that moment, we're sitting in Leia's head thinking about this is what this rebellion does. Mm. This boy who is my exact age who has to dress up like a stormtrooper and like kill people and go on these insane missions. He's the muscle to my brains. His family is dead and he has to wake up tomorrow and do it again. And he's not a princess. He lives on this ship. This is who she's doing it for. And the conversation they have, he's like, why are you fighting? You're a princess. And they're finishing each other's sentences. And she says, I'm doing it because I can. And I have to fight for people who can't. Exactly. And Ezra really takes that to heart. It turns him around. He's like, well, if you can do it, so can I. And I think what's really important is that Leia says to him, I think you're the same way that I am. Yeah. And she establishes that kinship with them and that connection I would not be surprised if Leia had the connection thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked a lot about how Padme is not Force-sensitive, but Anakin had midichlorians out the wazoo. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if Leia had, like, if not the Force, then the Riz. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Padme is uh, definitely in the vein of Hera, of Chuchi, of all these other great women who we've met, as well as like Bail Organa, who's, you know, 
when Padme asked, Bale's like, I'm going to get the dark sports car and, you know. <laughs> and my action sweater. Yeah, my action sweater and this gun, which I bought on the street. Like, is this, is this a good gun, Padme? I don't know anything about guns. But I can shoot. <laughs> we'll shoot to protect yeah. powerful Senate ladies that I love and admire so much. And so what Leia takes from that is attributes. And we learned, we saw this in the Kenobi show, right? Where Kenobi tells her what she takes from her parents. Oh, I was going to ask, what did you think about seeing this relatively grown-up Leia after seeing six-year-old Leia and Kenobi? Yeah, so it's 10 years later, and I love it. I love, <laughs> I love watching her role because she falls into this line of some of the famous like queens of history who just do not take no for an answer. She's like, I am aware of what my power is. I'm aware that although I can't physically harm you right now, I can bully you and destroy your planet. I'm going to take down your name for later. Yeah, exactly. Which is, and it's not a threat. That's a promise. And that's what she brings. And it is really actually scary we also see a lot of the mischief that oh the sass yeah that young leia had in kenobi and we see the bravery and also the lovingness Mm -hmm. i feel like we talked a lot about yes leia is built in padme's image but she has so much of anakin's love yeah. Lovingness. I mean, Padme and Anakin both loved hard and were compassionate people. But I think we really saw her combination of like pew pew, shoot shoot, action, mm-hmm. and also reaching out to be a comrade and be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was an important moment for her in, in two reasons. One is to be a leader. Because she is being groomed to be a leader of this rebellion. I think we saw that really clearly when the whole plan is falling apart and everyone is like, I don't know how we could possibly get these ships free. And I was interested that Leia's tact was not to come up with ideas. It Mm -hmm. was to get everyone in a circle and say, walk me through how this could be possible. Mm -hmm. So she's not providing insight or coming up with a grand plan. She's just getting everyone in the room together and saying, okay, spitball at me. How could we do it? And then every single person in the room says how they can contribute, including Ryder Azadi, who is like, I'm I'm hanging up my fighting gun. And then he's like, I'm taking down my fighting gun and going back to fighting. <laughs> Which is, I think, a really important part of this arc because he, as the former governor and now leader of the resistance on Lothal, is a pretty influential and important character in the rebellion. He really is. And I really believed that he was going to try to retire from the rebellion. Yeah. But we have not seen anyone retire from the rebellion yet. Actually, they try and then they get sucked back in. Yeah. Just like Azadi. Which is fantastic. But that style of leadership of Leia saying, all right, I don't need to come up with plans. That's what you lot are for. I'm here to represent the Skywalker lineage where there is not a thing in the galaxy that scares me. Oh no. (laughs) I just made the tiniest squeak and tears just like popped out of my face. (laughs) Oh. And I think she gets that from Padme, not Anakin. 
Anakin was ruled by fear. Padme was fear-proof. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. And so that is what makes Leia so powerful is that she has the emotions of her mom and the bravery of and like the aggression of her dad to be like than the creativity of her dad. Because Anakin was a very creative general. Oh, absolutely. And he was a fantastic leader and he inspired so much loyalty that Rex to this day is like, he was the greatest Jedi ever. And Padme inspired loyalty, but she couldn't stop the takeover of Palpatine. She couldn't. I'm I'm still stuck on that idea of Padme being fear-proof because she was. Yeah. She wasn't afraid of the darkness in Anakin. No. She courageously stood before it and trusted that the light side could win out in him. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't afraid of any of the outrageous missions that she went on. On Mandalore with Bale in the seedy undercurrents of Coruscant, Mm -hmm. she trusted herself 110%. She never doubted herself. Yeah. And I think we're seeing Leia, even when her plan has a hiccup, she trusts that it was a good plan. This is Leia's first mission. I don't think we talked about that yet. It is. This is her first foray, Mm -hmm. and it would be really easy for her to be like, oh, man, I'm just not good at this. Like, my plan sucked. I should hang up my blaster and go legislate in the Senate. And she's like, no, let's keep going. Let's figure out how to iterate and make this happen. The plan is good. Mm -hmm. I am good. You are good. Together, we will figure out a way. Yeah. And then she relies on people knowing their specific strengths and weaknesses to take things out. And then, you know, Kanan and Ezra are like, we can take out some ATATs. <laughs> She's like, I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> One thing that I don't think connected for me with Leia was the voice. So the voice, and we learned this in the Rebel Recon, is done from a voice actress who did Princess Leia's voice for Star Tours. What's that? So Star Tours was a Star Wars themed ride at Disneyland and Disney World before the Disney acquisition of Star Wars. It was just one of those. I mean, my 90s kid is showing here, but it was like you got into it. was it's, OK, so, you know, <laughs> paint me a picture. Paint, Sam. Let me paint you a picture. You know, the little droid with the glasses that drives the shuttle from Blood Sisters. Yeah, the little courier uh, dingus from Gorel. The little shuttle droid. Yeah. So that droid is the pilot of this thing. They made a real life one and he's chatting you up. You are in a big shuttle and then it's it's covered in TV screens on the inside and the screens are leading you through as the ship bucks up and down. That's so fun. It was fun. It was really fun. I don't even know if they still do it, but it was really fun. And so... They had a message, like the very original trilogy message from Princess Leia to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they did that with this voice actress. So they got her to come back because they were trying to get her to be younger. And Carrie Fisher's voice, she was alive at this time, uh, was, you know, she should have been. Sixty. Yeah, late 60s, early 70s. So her voice had changed. I believe Carrie Fisher died at 62. And she died around the time that this was coming out. So the original message between Kenobi and Leia, are you talking about A New Hope? Yes. Okay, so we haven't haven't seen it. it. Okay. 
Me, and I th- I picked up on something that felt like they were trying to connect this voice to maybe a, an original Leia voice by yes. Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. It didn't land for me because I had baby Leia from Kenobi's voice in my head. Yes. And I was like, okay, all right, this is just sort of like a transatlantic sort of neutral voice. It very much sounds like original trilogy Leia. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And remember that in the prime universe where we live, this is when we see Leia. This is Leia's fourth appearance, right? Because Leia first appears in the original trilogy, and then she appears in Rebels, and then she appears in Rogue One, and then she appears in the sequels. And so... And then she appears in Kenobi. Wow. So they are all over the place in the timeline, which does make the voice acting tough. But we've got a really, I think it's a really nice stand-in for original trilogy Leia. Since we are talking about voice actors, would you like a fun fact? Hit me. Writer Azadi was voiced by Clancy Brown, Uh who most notably voiced infamous heartthrob, big sad boy, meat hunk, Baby, Savage Opress. Really? My fave. My boy. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. The Resonance. I saw a note about him that uh, Ryder Azadi actually looks a lot like Clancy Brown. They're very much meant to look this similar. As soon as Ryder Azadi popped up, I was like, who does that guy look like? He looks familiar. And That's, maybe that was it. Maybe. I don't know if he's done it much live action stuff, but yeah, I do have a, a secret for a year from now. I'm... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But we'll get there. No okay. Worries. Put a pin in that one, too. I yeah. need to keep a notes app on my phone and just be like, on this day, Sam told me to put a pin in this plot point. Are we there yet? <laughs> I mean, this is like the appeal of this whole project for me, though. I love knowing these things ahead of time because you get to look at the whole tapestry from the 10,000 foot view and say, oh, this is lovely. Look at the artistry. And what you get to do is watch it being woven. Mm. And that's it is such a treat. It is a real treat for you. I. I'm envious. Oh, I'm a little envious because I I just watch it all as soon as it comes out. I I need it, hit it, hit it, you know. But you get to watch it in this order without, and it's tells such a compelling story, especially since Pablo Hidalgo took over as canon czar and started chopping off the stuff that didn't make sense and and really like running a tight ship. It makes so much more sense now, and you can tell such interesting stories. I'm envious of you. I think it's so cool to have the 10,000-foot view, and every time something new comes out, you're like, there we go with the theme of found family, or like, (laughs) there we go with betrayal again. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's tough to not uh, flash forward too much, particularly because so much of Rebels is so deeply inspired by the original trilogy. Mm. And we haven't watched the original trilogy in three years. And so we're moving in that direction. Everything's starting to look like that. Everything's starting to feel like that. And everyone's starting to act like that. Mm. Everyone's starting to dress like that. We're really getting (laughs) towards the original trilogy era. And I'm, it's this slow burn to get there, but it feels so good, particularly because Rebels is – it takes the subtlety of storytelling from Clone Wars and dials up the subtlety, and we get 
such great storytelling and all the characters are moving along so rapidly in a way that we look back on these episodes and it's like, oh, cool. Ezra had some character growth. Cool. And what you realize is that after six arcs of Ezra's character growth, that it makes sense that he is now making deeply different decisions. Ooh. Yeah. Rebels has a point of view. Rebels knows where it's going. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't know where Rebels is going, I know that it knows where it's going. And that's the same feeling that I had in Andor that made it so masterful. Yeah, yeah. You just have a sense that you are being driven inexorably toward something. Yeah. And you don't know what it is, but you trust where you're going. Yeah. Well, I do, and so I don't get that feeling. So I'm glad you do. Okay, well, haha, hee hee, very good. Would you like to talk about your fave from this episode? I sure would. It is time for Baywatch. It's time for Baywatch. Baywatch. All right. Who is part of the Rebels? Who's a winner? And who's Lieutenant List? <laughs> Are those your three triptychs of like who you want to be, who you don't want to be? Yeah, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, good. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, my good, my bay for this week is going to be Kanan. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of big feelings about family in this episode. Mm -hmm. So I think any one of the Spectres could have deserved Bay for being such a great family to Ezra. Even Chopper. Even Chopper. <laughs> I feel like Chopper really came through. He did. <laughs> but Kanan, Kanan was the one that Ezra came running for. In the very beginning of Legacy, he has his Force vision. He falls out of his bunk onto the floor and he goes running into the living room and he says, Kanan. He doesn't say Hera. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, yo, you guys. You guys. He says, guys. Kanan, I had a vision. We need to go find my parents. Mm -hmm. And there's this absolutely beautiful moment when Kanan and Ezra like shoot through the blockade off of Garel. And they go land on Lothal and they're cruising in for a landing. And Kanan is talking Ezra through what they're going to do. And Ezra is in tears. And he says... Kenan, thank you for everything that you keep doing for me. Mm -hmm. You are always there when I need you the most. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was bawling. Our parents, you, Sam and Mai's parents are really coming through for us right now with a lot of different things. And they are really trying their best to yeah. be good. And Kanan is trying so hard to be a good dad and teach Ezra and protect Ezra and guide Ezra mm -hmm. and and keep him safe and take him where he needs to go. Yeah. And that is selfless love. It is. It's really nice. I just had a dark thought that perhaps the moment of the vision was the moment of the Bridger's death because that would line up with the time frame as well. It absolutely would. That's so, devastating. Yeah. But Kanan was there for everyone the whole time. Also, the scene in A Princess on Lothal where he is wearing his Stormtrooper armor. He's running straight for Ryder Azadi. Ryder Azadi's like, all right. <laughs> going to take down a Stormtrooper today. I'm going to kill a Stormtrooper today. And the Stormtrooper turns on a lightsaber and Azadi's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> and then Kanan 
triple front flips through the legs of an ATAT and is like, cha kill. Have you ever seen a stormtrooper holding a lightsaber before? Because I have not. We have not. Not with the helmet on. We saw in Stealth Strike, Kanan wearing stormtrooper armor with his lightsaber, but yeah. It was so freaking cool. It's fantastic. Last Kanan thing is just going back to the end of Legacy when Ezra finds out that his parents have died recently in like the last two days he turns and falls straight into kanan's arms Mm -hmm. and kanan is there to hold him while he grieves and that just got me yeah so many people in star wars have to grieve on their own but ezra never has to ezra has a family and i think that that's really really important kanan is such a critical member of that family yeah Anyway, that was all of my thoughts on family and grief and love and Kanan. Who did you pick as your bae? I'm picking Leia. Yeah. Wow. That might be Leia's first Baywatch appearance. It might be. I mean, it's pretty early in her story yet. Although, unfortunately, as a movie star as opposed to a TV star, she's going to have low numbers. We might need to tweak the algorithm or something. But, But Leia shows up. With the plan, she executes the plan. She has humility that the plan didn't work. She gives a pep talk to her boy Ezra being like, (laughs) hey, you got this. I know you do because I, you, we are the same. Then she gives a pep talk to the ghost crew who doesn't normally need pep talks, but they're like, oh boy, we're in a tough spot. And she's like, don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what we can. Mm. And... For someone who has, like, <laughs> so I have I think of uh, fictional characters oftentimes like D&D characters or something. And so we see Ezra who's, you know, he's been a rogue since he was born. And then he's like, all right, and I'm going to also take some force abilities. And now he's like, okay, cool. I'm a force rogue. And Leia's like, I know how to hold a gun. <laughs> I know how to, you know, fly a ship maybe a little. But I'll tell you what I really, really, really know how to do, which is just bluff just just <laughs> bluff past people i could just i can just lie the bluff mistress yeah i have i have a golden tongue and you're gonna believe everything that comes out of my mouth and she does and it works great and she like does psychic damage to those guys they all fall to the ground like what is going on because she just rolls through the base gets paid three times it's all their fault <laughs> like what a, what a power move. I love that. She could have gotten that from Anakin. I feel like she got that from Uncle Kenobi. Or from Uncle Bale, you know? <laughs> yeah. Either it's, her, her lineage is full of people who are like, there's always a way out through talking. Let me show you this holocron best of Hondo Oyaka. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what does. And... Fortunately, we did get to see that in Kenobi, too, because Mm -hmm. she was a little trickster in that, too. And we see that the trickster still exists. And now the trickster is grown up and people are like, there's no way you can be a mischievous six-year-old as a 16-year-old. She's like, watch me. Watch you getting fooled by me. (laughs) Like Trickster heroines forever. Yeah. And uh, I always got to give a shout out to the tricksters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah.
Okay, Sam, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Rebels Season 2, Episodes 13 and 14, The Protector of Concord Dawn and The Legacy of Lasan. Legacy of Lasan. That feels like a Zeb episode. Wow. 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 She's got to continue on her uh, her trajectory of having one correct guess ever. You are unfortunately wrong. It is a chopper episode. But... Ha, ha, ha. So funny. But Protector of Concord Dawn is fantastic because we are going to open up a whole other can of worms in the story. And I love that. I love having the third front. Hmm, mysterious. If you would like to unravel the mysteries with us, then you should definitely tune in next week. You should also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. And we are having a grand old time on the Patreon. We're uh, just about to finish season one of Visions. Yep. And then we're going to do season two. But if you would like more hilarious, delightful, unfiltered, growing up Skywalker content, monthly memberships start at just $3 a month. So see us there. See us everywhere. And send this episode to a trickster. And if you are the trickster establish a false identity, (laughs) give it a really good alibi, set it up on Spotify and send it to them and then listen to the episode there. Yes. Use use all of your fake alibis to give us five stars. (laughs) And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.